1: Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay.
2: How's it, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lee (laughs) Kwai.
3: I'm your other host, Rachel Weeks. I'm not doing a voice
2: though. I don't know why that happened.
3: <laughs> I just reminded myself
2: of a game show voice. Welcome back to another it. episode. <laughs> On this episode, what are we talking about today, Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> it's like game show cross with news. I don't. Yeah,
3: know. Yeah, it, it's it reminds me of like the intro to the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> All right. Uh, So we did an episode a little bit ago. It was episode 508 where we talked about the good cards that we don't put in our decks because for one reason or another. And we talked to all the members of the command zone staff and there was a really great response to that episode. We had a ton of fun putting it together and we got some comments that were requesting just the opposite. Yeah, these
2: are the... Cards we know aren't good. Yeah. but we love them anyway. Well, we, we love play to them. play them. Yeah, because
3: we like what they do or whatever. So these are the bad cards that we that love. We love. To play. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, a really cool topic. And when uh, we started thinking of it, I wasn't sure if there was going to be a lot of a lot of interesting mm. things there. Turns yeah. out there are a lot there of are, interesting things. Everybody there. Everybody
3: likes these weirdos. Yeah, What's you learn a them? lot about
2: people. You're like, oh, that card, huh? <laughs> no, I that that makes sense with your personality. Yeah,
3: it's a lot of fun. All
2: right, before we get into it, though, of course, if you want to get a hold of any of these cards that are quote unquote bad but we love to play mm-hmm. cardkingdom.com slash command that's where you need to go to pick up all your magic products sealed product they will cover all your needs as far as phyrexia all will be one that's right you can get bundles collectors boosters set boosters and even draft boosters we really love card i'm gonna stop now i'm gonna stop yeah it's hard to do that i don't know how that jeopardy guy does it um <laughs> We really do love Card Kingdom, and one of the biggest things we always talk about is just the convenience factor of getting all of your cards. All, you know, you make this big list of singles for your deck, and they, you get them all from one place because they have a huge inventory, mm-hmm. and they all come in one package all at once. And when new sets come out, like now, these are the times when we are building brand new decks from the ground up, mm-hmm. and you're often ordering like all 63 cards that are going to go in your deck because you already have the lands probably, hopefully. And it's really awesome when that whole deck arrives in your mail, and you're like, sweet, shuffle the lands in play it mm. where you're not like waiting for additional envelopes to show up and things like that so cardkingdomcom slash command can't recommend them highly enough
3: yeah and once you have those cards in your hand you're gonna need to protect them you're gonna need to put them in sleeves and in deck boxes and on play mats go to ultrapro.com slash command to pick up all of the card accessories that you need there's some very cool ones from Phyrexia. All will be one. Some drippy, icky, ickery, oh, yeah. oily uh, stuff that you can pick up. So if you're supporting the rebels or Team Phyrexia, go to ultrapro.com/command for the deck boxes and sleeves and stuff that you need. Uh, I use Ultrapro to organize my collection. Is oh, yeah. a is a really big reason that i go to ultra pro so i have ultra pro binders i have ultra pro boxes i use ultra pro to sort my cards because they have card like plastic card sorters and yeah. i am the very dividers
2: sp- too i but, really find yeah. useful mm-hmm. uh, you know we've all had that thing where you have the bcw box or the white box or whatever and your card's just like, I need something to tell me where these stop and those start within this box. Absolutely. I used like
3: magic cards for a while and I was like, this doesn't work at all. They're the same size. They're the the same size. (laughs) Who thought of this brilliant idea? Well, ultrapro.com slash command for uh, all of your storage solutions and uh, play mats and accessories that you're excited about. And of course, the final way to support all of our content
2: is directly if you go to patreon.com slash commandzone. You can join our community. You get to chat with our team, Jimmy, me, Rachel, Lady Danger, Jake, Murph, uh, Craig, everybody's in our Discord, on our community, playing Spell Table with patrons Mm -hmm. at certain tiers. Uh, We have all kinds of perks. Get to see extra turns and game nights earlier than everybody else. So if you would like to support our content, join our community, hang out with us. Um, Patreon.com slash commandzone is the place to go. And of course, One of the biggest perks is we shout out one lucky patron every single episode, and this episode is dedicated to Aaron Aaron Kozub.
3: Kozub? Kozub Kozub is probably better. I'm not sure. Thanks, Aaron.
2: Aaron, either way, you rock. rock. Sorry about your name. We just did the thing where we said it all the different ways, so one of them was right. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into the main topic here, Rachel.
3: Yeah, we're talking about we're talking about bad cards today, or at least cards that probably aren't an optimal choice in your deck. Right.
2: When we say something's bad, we often I get yelled at a lot on Twitter and things for how dare you call Chromatic Lantern bad or whatever. What we mean is that we don't think the card is probably the best card in the slot that mm-hmm. you could be running, or one of the better cards, and there are, there are reasons why it's probably not optimal. Mm-hmm. But you know. Commander's about self-expression. Yeah. It's often about things like nostalgia and like what your favorite card is or the first rare you opened and things yeah. like that. And it's, you know, I think that's a great, it's a great format to be able to still play those cards.
3: Absolutely. I mean, so much of Commander is personal choices and being able to build a deck that you enjoy playing and your friends enjoy playing against. So some cards aren't right for that, whether they're the best card in that slot or not. Yeah. But sometimes you're like, you know what? I like this card that goes way over the top. Like I probably could win without it, but this one takes me sailing. And... Those cards, like, dangerous cards or explosive yeah. cards, like, those High are, variance cards. High card, variable right. yeah, yeah. High ceiling, low low floor cards tend to be really fun to play with, but aren't necessarily, like, great. Like, you know, are gonna, they're not showing up in legacy.
2: Right. Um, if you're trying to win more games... Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it can be part of the fun quotient is, you know, how often you're winning than some of these cards maybe. That's why we call them bad. I don't ever want anybody to feel like if we say a card's bad that I'm, we're saying you shouldn't play it if you like it. If you yeah. like it, you should play it. You should do the things. If you like it, then it's good. Then you should do it. Yeah, yeah. that's a game. That's the whole point yeah. of it. Yeah. But if a lot of people are looking to us for card evaluation and just honest uh, opinions about whether cards are worth it or not. And it, it feels like it's kind of our job to let them know. And I don't think that card's that good. If you want to play it knowing that it's not good, great. And there are cards that we all play that we know are not good, and this is what this is going to be.
3: Yeah, I mean, a lot of these choices are made for aesthetic reasons or for playstyle reasons or power level reasons. Some of them are just made because they like the art. Yeah. Like, if I have a secret lair version of a card, I'm putting it in a deck. Right. It it may not be the best. Yeah. But, like, I put Vizier of Menagerie in a deck recently. I was like, I haven't played this card in a while, but look at this. It's got a weird little snake on it. (laughs) And it's going on a deck. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay.
2: So uh, Rachel sat down with a bunch of members of our team and talked to them about the cards they know are not that great, but they still love to play. Uh, Let's start with the first one. Let's get into it.
3: All right, we've got Jordan Bridge and one of our writers here with a card that you know could be better, but you still love to have in your decks.
4: Yeah, this is the card that when I have it in my decks and I like give the deck to other people and I'm like, what should I cut? They go, easily this one. And I go, no, <laughs> that's not allowed. And yeah. That's that's uh, Doubling Cube. <laughs> I love this answer. Yes. So Doubling cu- Cube is a two-mana artifact, so you can play it in any deck. Mm. Pretty fun. Uh, but it has the activated ability of three and tap double the amount amount of each type of mana in your mana pool um so it's
3: a mana doubler like after the fact
4: <laughs> sure you need to uh i mean after you pay the three mana to activate it yeah. you need to have enough mana left in your mana pool to be net
3: right so at least at least
4: what four so it does nothing unless you can already produce six mana <laughs> okay
3: <laughs> and then if you if you have six mana you make 10. If you have six mana,
4: you're even. Yeah. <laughs> you break even at
3: six mana. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. So at but,
4: seven mana, yeah. it starts making you mana. Yeah, okay. At seven mana, it makes you net one extra mana. Right. And at eight mana, it makes you like, net two extra mana. But it it just keeps getting better as you have more mana. Right. And a lot of people tell me, they're like, yeah, but at eight mana, you're only going to make, like, two extra mana. But I don't want to make two extra mana. I want to make, like, 60 extra mana. Right, I love that. And the thing that I love about this card is it actually doubles the amount of mana that's in the thing. Mm. Because there's a bunch of cards that'll, like that are sort of like doubling effects. Gives like, you one
3: additional. Yeah, yeah,
4: like like Zendikar Resurgent type yeah. stuff and things where it's like, oh, every time you tap a forest, you get right. one extra. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want one extra. I want to double everything.
3: It, feels, it <laughs> feels so much cooler to be like, no, I'm doubling the power that I have. Yeah, um, and, and like
4: my ideal board state, my like yeah. number one favorite thing to do in magic, if I can pull it off, is to have like, Mana Reflection, Doubling mm. Cube, right. Bloom, Ancient, and just get to the point where I'm making like 240 mana on return.
3: turn. Right. <laughs> not, not infinite. Right. Infinite, like... I Anyone mean the, can go infinite. Yeah. But and the thing is... It takes a specific deck to go 240. <laughs> exactly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> because if you go infinite, people go, oh, yeah, you got infinite mana, you can yeah. do whatever. But if you go, I just made 398 mana, people go, oh, my God. That's cool, <laughs> and they're right. It is cool. Yeah, my my like number one favorite win con in mm-hmm. Commander is just Genesis waving my entire deck out, incredible at yeah. once, and yeah. like doubling cube helps make that happen.
3: Right, I I love this because it's a very over the top card. It's, yeah, it's such a win more card. It's like if you have a lot of mana, have like. Just as much a lot of mana. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which is incredible. And it feels really fun and powerful, which is what you want your commander deck to be. Pretty much any strategy where Doubling
4: Cube is giving you the mana you need to win, Mm -hmm. you could have restructured the deck to win more efficiently (laughs) with less mana.
3: (laughs) You probably could have won with 158 mana. Exactly.
4: (laughs) But But (laughs) instead, you could spend three of that 158 mana. And go down to uh, having 155 mana. Ooh. And then you could have 310 mana. <laughs> <laughs> and Double cube makes that possible. They could be twice as dead. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I love that. Thanks, Jordan. Yep. Happy to help. And now we've got Jake Boss here with a card that you know there are probably better cards. But you, yeah. you still play this one.
5: This is a reckless card. Uh, some cards are uh, very good. And we offset that by the mana cost. So like mm-hmm. a eight CMC card, you better be good. Yeah. Okay. But this one uh, has a massive drawback. It's Song of Creation. Yeah. It's one, a green, a blue, and a red. So four CMC total for an enchantment. It says you may play an additional land on each of your turns. Cool. Uh, whenever you cast a spell, draw two cards. Really cool. And an outlet for that with that explore effect. I can, I'm sweet. never going to yeah. get some stuff I can't use. However, at the beginning of your end step, discard your hand. So, Hmm.
3: So you better do it now.
5: Yeah. Whatever you're doing, you better do it (laughs) now. Yeah. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I was once at a party and I was playing in a game where I really, I I was trying to play with Post Malone. Yeah. Okay. So I got to get out of this game right now. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm playing an Omnath Enchantress deck and I use this card to draw the entire deck and then, oh, I'm stupid. I milled. I lose. I gotta go, and then I got in that pot. But I <laughs> uh, used this
3: to scoop. Yeah, like, this first card, I'll draw sixty cards though.
5: Yeah, I, I, something about scooping to go be like, screw you guys. I'm gonna go play with Post Malone. Yeah, it's kind of in bad taste, but you know, <laughs> this was another way of doing the same thing. To those who were in that game, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but basically, this card uh, says, "Yeah, pop off, go off." It's like putting. Your card draw on a credit card. Yeah. Then the end of the month comes. And it's like, I don't remember doing that. Like, (laughs) Why do we go out to dinner so much? Why did we
3: draw that many cards? You know what this card reminds me of? What? It's the old thing where it's like, you want to smoke cigarettes? You're going to smoke the whole pack of cigarettes. Why don't you play the whole deck of cards? (laughs) Exactly. It's like, oh, oh, you're interested in drawing cards? Here's some cards. Here they are. (laughs)
5: Yeah, this card—it's uh—it's fun for a little while, but it's really irresponsible. It's so annoying on arena, yeah. Uh, because when you drop it, your opponent basically doesn't want to watch you go off, right? Yeah. This whole time because you can be drawing two cards, and uh, uh, the tough thing for me is I always play decks where I could top deck the win, um, in a very annoying way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a lot of the times, you know, you're you might drop a card, and your opponents will say, "Oh, so we're all dead, right?" Yeah. Uh, not with this, like. Oh, so you're just gonna go a lot and probably discard your entire hand at the end of the game. That's so great. Thank you so much for respecting my time. I'm so glad that we invited you over again. <laughs>
3: but what a turn it was.
5: Yeah, it'll create a legendary turn or two, but at what cost? You know, I, I really should be playing more responsible card draw, mm. more responsible mana ramp, uh, or maybe uh, playing this an enchantress deck and yeah. replenishing all of my cards back out.
3: Get that. See there you go. So you have to take advantage of the discarding to hand size. That's it.
5: If you can Not maximize on this cost, uh, that's great for you. But the folks who are playing this card are treating it like a credit card.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love that you play this card. I, I think I think commander players should play more dangerous cards. Yeah. Because they they're dangerous for a reason. So I they know make you these, think that. I like, that like that dangerous so your cards. Style. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I love a card that pe- people play, and you're like, that does what? Yeah what are you doing with this trash what, what? Yeah. like any time i can use a terrible card to do something insane yep. is is so fun and even if i lose it's like i died doing something that was it's not like pretty sweet you know people don't yell hey everyone come over here yeah. This guy's doing
5: crazy things with a crazy card. Yeah. But more like you're using which card to do what? Yeah. That's a
3: story. Yeah, those are the ones those are the ones I want. Yeah. Well, I love this. I'm glad you're still playing it. Thanks for taking the time, Jake. Thanks for having me. And now we've got Manson Lung here with a card that you know there's probably better cards. Oh yeah,
0: there's definitely better cards.
3: <laughs> but you still like to play this
0: card. What yeah. card is it? <laughs> so this card is called Null Brooch. It's a four mana artifact. You could pay two and tap it. Discard your hand. I'm listening. <laughs> counter target non-creature spell. <laughs> How good, right?
3: <laughs> it's sweet. You can like as long as you're not drawing card. Yeah. Perfect.
0: Who, who needs a hand, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. If I can't have a hand, you, you can't, can't have, have that spell. <laughs> I love it. So there's definitely better counter spells. Why? Oh, why no brusch? Sure.
0: <laughs> well, for. Um, well, for one, it's in really good in my uh, Maria deck. Uh huh. Yeah. So it cares Mary's about artifact. artifact deck. Yeah. yeah. So the play pattern of that is basically I drop my whole hand, and now I'm just drawing off the top of my library. Yeah. So I figured if I don't have a hand most of the time, yeah. anyways, yeah, I might as well play a counterspell that can. You know?
3: Yeah. If you don't have a hand, then this puts a counterspell in your hand yeah. every turn.
0: Yeah, exactly. And well, the cool thing I would think about this card too is there's always that threat of activation as well, right? For sure, yeah. Because if people see that on the board... Mm-hmm. People aren't going to run spells into this yeah, for the most it, part. It's
3: definitely a rattlesnake type effect where yeah. you're like, oh, I won't. Fine.
0: Yeah. yeah. And plus the art's kind of cool. Am I right?
3: It is so cool. I will say I have definitely tried to build this put this card in decks because I love the, the art and like a brown border artifact. Come on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's too rough.
6: <laughs>
0: yeah, like carding your hand like, is very. Rough. I don't know.
3: <laughs> How often do I have actually no, no cards, cards in, hand. in hand? And it makes sense that it's like in a deck that wants that can dump its hand fairly reliably. Yeah. that this becomes this becomes good. But I mean, you still have to pay four mana to get it into play, right. and then make sure you're holding up two mana every turn. It's it's. It's not like a crazy cost I will yeah, say but
0: yeah. you know it does you do need a little bit of a setup there.
3: Yeah. Also if like if it upsets somebody to the point that they spend a removal spell on this thing you're like first of all I'll counter it. Yeah.
0: Now so, so, you need two people. Yeah, almost. now you need two, or two people. Two to be
3: so upset about the null bridge <laughs> <laughs> that you're like, okay, so I'm just gonna play my wincon now. <laughs> yeah, at that
0: point you use two removal yeah. spell on null bridge. Am I right? Like, come on,
3: <laughs> incredible! Anytime you can get a removal spell on an old card from what Exodus? Yeah, it's uh it's a win for me. Yeah, well, for sure. I appreciate it. I'm glad you found a home for it. Very yeah. sweet. Thanks. And now we've got an assistant game nights editor, Arthur Meadowcroft, with a card that you know there are probably better cards, but you like to play this one. Yeah. Tell us about
7: it. Uh, yeah, I love it. So this is Repay in Kind. It's a seven mana black sorcery, two black pips, five colorless. And it says each player's life total becomes the lowest life total among all players.
3: This is a sweet one. I haven't seen a repaying oh, yeah. kind in a long time, but I love it.
7: Yeah, it's perfect for those six people pods, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: The oh, more yeah. players, the more power.
7: Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a few reasons that I like this card, mm. Rachel. Uh, I like, uh, especially for a mono black deck, if you're using your life as a resource, um, you've got you've got your out in a way.
8: Yeah.
7: Um, it's not a finisher per se, but I use it as a finisher, especially in those situations. It's information you have in your hand that your opponents don't, right? So similar to like any other win con, you're in a situation where you've got uh, the power to... um, set up the play how you want Mm -hmm. and the payoff is usually just really unexpected and exciting and that's why I love it yeah
3: yeah I I think the unexpected nature is so big because you look at a card like this and you're like okay why don't you play Grey Merchant of Asphodel or why don't Mm -hmm. you play Torment of Hailfire instead Mm -hmm. because it feels that similar kind of role exactly but it is different like this is a different kind of effect that almost feels like more black like it's very spiteful
7: yeah yeah it's it's super black because uh you're sitting on a curic and you're even this you'd pay the two black pips you'd probably lose four life to cast it but yeah. your life told even lower yeah yeah uh also because people are probably attacking you if you're the black player because you use your cards already as resource because they're saying oh the you, uh black cards you pay life for all your stuff so Mm. go attack them yeah meanwhile you're sitting there looking at a repaying kind going yeah keep attacking
3: (laughs) keep attacking me that sounds like a great idea yeah (laughs) i i had a friend who used to play repaying kind all Uh. the time and it was because his decks were always the scariest and Mm. he was always the he was always uh uh the public enemy number one what like the Arch enemy? Ar- arch enemy, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna start re- running Repay Kind in all mm. of my decks, <laughs> and you guys will pay the price." <laughs> And I love that. That's yeah. such a fun. It's such a fun card to cast.
7: Nobody expects their punching bag to punch them back. I guess. <laughs> exactly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you when you're starting to kill somebody, you don't you don't think that you're also trying to kill. You know what it's like? It's kind um, of like a secret stuffy doll.
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because stuffy doll, it's like the indestructible thing. It's yeah. on board, uh-huh. and they're like, "Oh well, I'm not going to attack you because then it's just going to come back at me." Right but what if you are literally the stuff at all this doll. <laughs> Yeah exactly.
3: I'm going to start running repaying kind of my decks. Oh. That's a great reason. Yeah. I love that.
7: I think it's perfect for anybody that's like uh, tired of torment of hailfire and mm. exsanguinate and as you said like gray merchant loops yeah. um Because yeah, it will fulfill a similar role. I love to pair. Okay, I've done this before. I know it sounds crazy, but I like to pair it with Necropotence and Deadly Tempest, which says destroy all creatures, and each player loses life equal number of creatures they control. Yeah. So I get my life total low with Necropotence, and I play this, Uh and then my life totals at like one to five, and then I play Deadly Tempest, destroy all creatures. Right. And you got to work for it. Like that's like a six, seven, uh, eight. A ton of mana. A sixteen mana players. Yeah, I was going to say
3: at least. I always have a problem. Like I don't build a lot of black because the the black wincons are so um, ubiquitous. There's like yeah. it's it's blood artist or it's torment or it's a or right. gray merchant of Asphodel. Right. and that's sort of it. Yeah. And and I was like, ugh, I don't. I mean. I, it's hard coming up with a win con in black that i feel like mm-hmm. i really earned mm-hmm. and repaying kind feels like you kind of earned it you took your licks for it. you really earn it so yeah. i uh, i love this one but pulling it back and i i will consider putting it in my deck sweet i think it's a cool choice that's cool to
7: hear thanks well, arthur thanks rachel
3: up next we've got josh's executive assistant gabriel pozos howdy Thanks for coming. Uh, We're talking about cards that we know are probably not the best anymore, but we still love to put in our decks. Right.
9: I mean, you know, sometimes these cards can still pack a bunch, uh, a punch, especially if you're on a budget, Uh for sure. Um, The card I want to talk about today is Aurelia's Fury. It's an instant spell that costs X red and white. Uh, Aurelia's Fury deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or players. Tap each creature dealt damage this way and players dealt damage this way can't cast non-creature spells this turn mm. so you know you may find yourself in a game right you've been battling out going back and forth and it finally gets to your turn and you have in your hand or on the field what you need to be able to close out a game
6: mm.
9: um, so you tap out you go for broke and what happens you cast a spell and it gets countered yeah,
3: well.
9: <laughs> <laughs> and now you just have to pass the and, boros way oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah maybe you can swing out but um yeah. Basically, uh, I was looking for ways to uh, close out a game, to help me close out a game in these Boros or Mardu colors and that to try to play around a counter spell and there are more efficient ways than aurelius fury to do this yeah like there's a silence there's ranger captain of eos
3: yeah that's a great one grand
9: abolisher i also like bosager who shelters all which is a good sure. one Sure. yeah absolutely um and there's a new one myrel uh shield of argive
3: mm-hmm. yeah
9: um but if you're on a, those are pretty expensive so if you're on a budget aurelius fury uh can also get you there although yeah. it only does non-creature spells um but Basically, what, why it's not as good is because not only do you need the mana to actually cast whatever game-winning spell it right. might be. Yeah. It could be like an X spell, like an Earthquake, or maybe a Pump spell or something. yeah. Um, but you also need the mana to sink into this to actually right. Which isn't... hit all three of your opponents yeah. um, to actually be able to try to close out that game. Um, but yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, Aurelia's Fury, you trade mana efficiency, for flexibility. I mean Aurelia's Fury used to see a ton of play in Commander and I think people knew to play around it and these days it's fallen out of fashion a little bit so those kind of cards can really surprise people. You're like I haven't seen Anna Aurelia's Fury <laughs> in like five years but it's still great. I mean you can get blockers out of the way when people think they're safe. Absolutely. You can go face with it and be like mm, you're gone. You can remove creatures that are just It's like doubles as an expensive removal spell. There's a ton of flexibility yeah.
9: there. And even you can play it defensively too because it is an instant. So like if someone, you're going up against like, say like a Dragon's Approach deck or Mm -hmm. another Storm deck, you can try to preemptively use it to silence them that turn and try to give the table another chance to maybe deal with their engine. Like if they have a Thrumming Stone or something.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely cards that people tend to run over Aurelius Fury, but I do like the flexibility of this card. Especially like... People don't expect the Boros deck to have the answers, especially like against a Storm deck or like if somebody's going to attack and you can tap down three creatures. Like that's not something that people expect, especially out of an aggressive Boros or Mardu deck. So these kind of surprises are so fun and make for big moments in commander games where you're like, all right, I have the win. And you're like, actually, the Boros deck. Has the answer. It's always
9: okay. nice for Very the fun. Boros deck to be able to do that.
3: <laughs> yeah, it feels like it feels like darkness, you know? Where it's like the black deck isn't supposed to have the fog. Yeah. The Boros deck isn't supposed to have the answer. So I love that. I uh, I uh, appreciate you bringing that card. For sure. Thank you. Thanks. Up next, we've got Lady Danger. Here with a card that is like, it's probably not the best, but it's
10: Subjectively fun. Subjectively good is yeah. what I'm calling Could it. Could be good. Could be good. You High ceiling, low floor. Yeah, You would think it'd be really good in my Mael deck. Yeah. And sometimes it is, but let me tell you about the card first in case you don't know, because it's a bad card. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's Lurking Predators, which is four and a green, green enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it on the battlefield. Otherwise, you may put that card on the bottom of your library. Mm Mm-hmm. So, there are definitely 100% better cards in this. Yeah. Um, I like it in my L because I run a lot of creatures. Right. Yeah. In the right deck, if you can cheat it out or if you don't have to pay the six mana for it, amazing. Yeah. Chances are. You're probably not. Yeah. You're you're hard casting you're for six mana. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I like it because it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And when I get to like slam down a Giselle, and you're like, "What?" and right, I'm like, yeah. so good. Um. But kind of bad.
3: It feels like a mini game, which is always fun to introduce. Yeah. Where you're like you cast a spell. Are you ready to play? Is this a creature? Wham. Yeah. It's, like, it's a good try, builder. All right.
10: It is one of those things that you have to keep track of because you're like. Mm-hmm. What did you, did you guys, oh, you did yeah. the thing? You know, it's a, having, did you pay the one? Yeah. Um, but why it's bad is because it's pretty high mana cost for a gamble.
3: Yeah, for you to, to maybe get... A, a creature a or creature. two, yeah. And lurking predators is one of those enchantments that when it comes down, the table freaks out. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> so like, "Oh my god, this it is going to so be wrong. anything!" And you're like, mm, "It's maybe, <laughs>
10: <laughs> maybe." And I played a game uh, uh, within the office, and it, it hit the table, and yeah. everybody's like, "Oh, this is gonna be, it's gonna be crazy." You gotta, you gotta attack, lady. Yeah, that seems to always be my Emma mm-hmm. when I play games. <laughs> but I think there were probably about fifteen cards. Cast? Yeah. Do you want to know how many creatures I got? Fifteen. None. Yeah, none. None cre- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at all. The percentage of that possibility very low. Very low. But I hit nothing, and everybody was so scared for literally no reason. And every time I was like, Oh, no, I'm gonna yeah. put this at the bottom. Oh, no, I'm just gonna put this <laughs> at the bottom. So there are better cards. I play it because it's fun. I also play it because when I really. Originally made this deck and and it was forever guy. I have mm. barely updated it yeah. since I made it. 2014, 2015. Yeah. Um, I had the card. It yeah. was one of those things where I had the card. It technically works, so I played it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's perfectly fine to do for most people if you have the card and there are better cards. Don't you can buy them, but yeah. you don't have to buy them. Right, and I'm absolutely. I'm very much that of like my ex that taught me how to play magic. I went through the whole thing. He gave me all his extra cards, and I was like, okay, these cards work. Okay, this is good to go. Uh, it's playable. I'm yeah. gonna do it.
3: I mean, that's the best thing about Commander, right? Is when you build a deck, you're like, this deck will work forever, hypothetically. Like, it may be a little underpowered or a little slow. Like, of course, Atla is probably better than Mayel, but like... For sure. (laughs) But this is my deck. This is the deck I built. This is the deck I have. And it's still a perfectly viable and legal deck.
10: Yeah. And it's kind of like his... I don't want to call it historic. It's not that old. But uh, when you play it, everyone's like, I haven't seen that in forever. And I'm like, there's probably better Commanders, but... I like it, and it's a pretty card, and yeah. maybe that doesn't matter to everybody, but it matters to me.
3: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. My, my Sadisi Brood Tyrant deck feels the same, where it's like, are there, have there been soul tie, better Soltai commanders since then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure.
10: Do but. I need to jumpstart this deck? Yeah. Absolutely. It could yeah. take a while, but yeah. when it gets going, it's gas.
3: Very cool. Very cool. Well, thanks for taking the time, thanks. lady. I appreciate it.
2: All right, well, I'm really enjoying these conversations so far. It's really fun to hear everyone's perspective.
3: Yeah, I particularly loved what Jordan had to say about doubling cube. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those cards where you're like, yeah, there's better ways to make a ton of mana, but this is a way to make, like, a ton of mana. Yeah, you feel cool when you do <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah, where it's like... Like, of course, there's a hundred easy ways to make infinite mana in Commander, but it feels so much cooler to make 300 mana. <laughs> it's like we say a lot on the show. Like, it doesn't have to be infinite. I just want it to be a lot. A lot. A, a double, lot. Double Cube does a lot. Yeah. So I loved that.
2: All right. Well, if you're enjoying the conversation so far, don't worry. We have a lot more still to come, but we're going to take a quick break real quick and uh, hear a message from our sponsors. We'll be right back.
3: thanks for watching everybody we are talking to the members of the command zone team about cards that they know probably aren't the best but we love to play them anyway i gotta say uh, a
2: lot of the cards so far mentioned i was like i do love that card
3: they're fun yeah (laughs) it's we've gotten some very cool selections so far and we've got a few members of the team to go so stick around and now we've got Mr. Infect himself. It's Craig Blanchett. What's up, everybody? Yeah, we're talking about cards that we know are probably not the best. Yeah. They are
11: better cards. Not the best, but, but they have some payoffs or something. Yeah, yeah that
3: you still put in your decks because you're like, you know what, I just like having the option.
11: I do. I hear you. And that's exactly what this card does. It gives you a lot of options. Yeah. All right, what card do you bring? So I am bringing Mirror Pool to the yeah. table. So Mirror Pool is a land that enters the battlefield tapped and It taps for a colorless. You can also pay two a colorless and tap it, sack it. Copy target instant sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for the copy or pay four colorless, tap it, and sack it. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target creature you control. Cool. So for me, it's a... You know, the Enter the Battlefield tapped is, you know, definitely a feel-bads. Mm-hmm. It, one of the two downsides of the card. Also, it taps for colorless, which doesn't help you, you know, get your commander out usually. Mm-hmm. But the payoffs for me, I typically don't use it for the instant or sorcery because mm-hmm. you have to pay the four, you know, two colorless and itself, so kind of four, sure. in addition to the instant and sorcery, mm-hmm. which in certain decks can be great, but with those two downsides, how it comes into play tapped and whatever, it usually doesn't make it into instant sorcery decks. But where I really like it is in big payoff decks or token decks. Mm. And the reason why is because when you pay for colorless, tap it and sack it, you get a copy token of a creature that you control onto the battlefield. So in token decks, if you have anything like doubling season or uh, Mondrak, glory, Dominus, uh, anointed procession, parallel lives, all those anything that populates. Exactly. Yeah. We'll double any creature that you that you create with it. And for fun, you know, you could always do, you know, if you already played your crater hoof. hmm it gives you another Crater Hoof. That, yeah, if the first one didn't do it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. If the first one didn't do it, but sometimes you can take out like two players and then, yeah. you know, people aren't expecting it. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. you know, being able to copy that and then do it again is mm-hmm. definitely a big uh, big payoff.
3: That's cool. I mean, it's so good when you know you're going to be casting huge, expensive creatures. Right. Because you're like, all right, I, like i I've done the Massacre Worm thing. I need to Massacre Worm again. Yep, to really Massacre Worm's a great por- target for yeah. it, right. That's a, that's a ton of fun. I hadn't thought about it in creature decks because it does seem expensive and the colorless limitation is hard. It is tough. So do you, do you play a lot of like colorless rocks?
11: Does that, do you tend to? Actually, I typically play in those decks that play that I'll play the filter lands. Sure. Uh, Cause yeah, the filter okay. lands also tap for colorless, mm-hmm. um, like pain rocks. Lands. Exactly. Pain lands. Right. Uh, you know, rocks to obviously soul ring and mana crypt and vault and stuff mm-hmm. like that just in case, um, But, yeah, usually those big creature decks, you know, like Rakdos, like Kalia, where you want just another big creature.
3: It says so much about your style of play. Oh, like, I have one big thing, but I want two (laughs) big things.
11: I'm all about board presence (laughs) and having something cool and big. And so, yeah, this allows me to have another another go. Because also if somebody, like, targets my thing and tries to kill, you know, say a legendary creature or something, Mm. I can copy that legendary creature, let it it fizzle. Exactly. And now I have the new one.
3: Love it. I love that. I love that Mirapool is still seeing play. Thanks for taking the time, Craig.
11: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.
3: All right. Up next, we've got our podcast editor probably editing this episode. It's Damon Lenz. Hey, how
12: you guys doing? Uh, happy to be here. Yeah. So
3: we're talking about cards that we know there are better cards. But we like to play them for because of reasons. What, <laughs> what card did you bring today?
12: Yeah, I feel like we all have cards like this. Um, but for me personally, my card is Search for Glory. It's uh, two and a white for a snow sorcery. Uh, you search your library for a snow permanent card, a legendary card, or a saga card. You reveal it, put it in your hand, shuffle your library, and then you can pay one... Li- or For every uh, snow mana you use to cast this spell, you gain a life. So it just gives you... A little bit of life for no reason. Yeah, because because of
3: snow. Yeah, because of a Christmas magic. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
12: Magical Christmas land gives you <laughs> up to three life. Um, yeah, so like the the thing with this card is like I it's a three mana tutor, which mm-hmm. isn't the best, it's and sorcery speed, and it. it's sorcery speed. Mm-hmm. Like there's all those things. I, uh, you know, I just love two things. Hey, I just love snow. Mm-hmm. I just really like snow. Like, I, I love it so much. I'm sorry, Modern. But I just really like snow. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, a- a- additional card that synergizes with the snow thing that I'm doing, I just think is really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing that I, I really like about it is like, this card can tutor for things that white normally can't. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, like lands, as an example, you know, you're yeah. going to miss your land turn four. You're just like, well... I'll just throw this out to go get my snow card, right. my snow land and, and play it. Um, and I just love that, you know, it because of the legendary part of it, mm. it just lets you get so many different. Uh, it gets
3: more and more flexible every year.
12: Yeah. You know, you can get like Planeswalkers, you get legendary creatures. And I just really like that this is the type of card that over time, as you kind of said, just mm. keeps improving because they just keep giving us more and more legendary right, creatures. Yeah. Um, so I just love that like, in a white deck, it can act, sort of act as like a little bit of a toolboxy card, where mm. you know you you look for a specific card that synergizes with your particular deck that you're using mm. when you normally wouldn't be able to go and tutor out these cards. Mm. Um, like uh, just as one example, like uh, you know you can tutor out the Thassa that blinks your your creatures. Sure, yeah, yeah, um, that's you know, and I, yeah, and I use that in, in in some Bleak decks, and normally that'd be really hard for me to go get, but right, with this yeah. card, you can go get it.
3: Right. Yeah. So. You would need like a. Like, White tutors really well for enchantments or, like, equipment yeah. or, like, the primary tutors that White gets. So, this one gives, like, adds, adds Planeswalkers, adds Legendary Creatures, adds Basics. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it like that. But when you think about it, you're like, okay, so this can go get me, uh, like, sort of the Animist. Yep. Which is a Legendary cre- thing and which I'm tutoring for a lot in White decks. Uh, it can also make sure I hit a land drop or it can get me, like... Uh, what's the the Elspeth? That's a board wipe. Like yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty solid. It's a little bit of a build around, but there's so many legendaries that are so powerful.
12: Yeah, and and that's I get, pretty cool. Yeah, and like I just love the card. It's it's sort of a a pet card of mine. And while it's it's not the best, being at three mana and at sorcery, I just love that. Uh, I just love conditional tutors. Mm. I love tutors that are. It's like this synergizes with my deck, where I don't right. feel bad about tutoring because sure. I'm like this is specific and right. it works in the strategy that I'm doing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's just that's cool. my little card.
3: Love it. Well, thanks for taking the time, Damon. Thank, Thank appreciate you. It. Deuces. Up next, we have our junior video editor, Eric Lem. Uh, We're talking about cards that we know there are better cards. Oh, yeah. But we still like to run these cards. Yeah. (laughs) What's your card?
13: Uh, My card is Berserk. It is a single green for an instant. Cast Berserk only before the combat damage step. Target creature gains Trample and gets plus X plus zero until the end of the turn where X is its power. At the beginning of the next end step, destroy that creature if it attacked this turn. So this is not a bad card. Yeah. Historically, it is one of Magic's most powerful pump spells.
3: It's a very, it's a very killy card. It's, you can die to preserve. Oh my! You get,
13: you just get people. Yeah, it's great. Um, I'm playing it in every single green deck I can. Uh-huh. Is it great in Commander? Eh, not really. When you're trying to kill three players with mm-hmm. 120 life, it becomes a lot worse.
3: Spending one card to do like a lot of damage isn't as much as like when one card could also be Triumph of the Hordes or something. Exactly.
13: Yeah. 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 So typically, it is not what you want as a payoff. Mm-hmm. But I really like hitting people for big numbers mm-hmm. from one creature. Right. Yeah. So if you're swinging a five-five with someone, you're like, I'm going to hit you with ten trample instead, and yeah. then and it just it just does it.
3: Look, I totally get it. I love playing a combat trick in Commander Mm -hmm. because people do not expect them. They'll make blocks and you're like, I have it. Yeah. I have the Berserk and now you lose your creature and you still take damage. Yeah. Ah. It's also fun
13: to do weird political ploys where, you know, someone's like, oh, man, I I could kill them if only I had a little more. And you're like, oh, you could kill them, you say. Uh, And then you berserk, and then you get rid of their threat, and then a player's out, and it's just a great time. That's a huge two for one. If you can
3: remove a player and an opponent's creature, Mm -hmm. oh, for single green.
13: So fun. Very narrow removal.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I love when people are like, it's a removal spell, and you're like, I guess technically, (laughs) in a way. but i i love that you that there's those moments that are surprising and big and nobody sees coming and that's the kind of stuff that people remember from commander games yeah so making sure you have those kind of things in your deck makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense to me
13: it's cool. the best buy <laughs> berserks card kingdom.com slash command
3: <laughs> thanks so much Eric. i sp- appreciate you taking the time thank you and up next, you know him, you love him, we've got Murph. Hello. Talking about a card that you know there are better cards. Yes. But you still prefer to run this one. What Definitely. card is
8: it? So the card that I run in a lot of decks, even though there's probably better cards to fill the slot, is Howling Mine. Yeah. So Howling Mine, there it obviously has a lot of homes in different decks, like Nekusar or something, and it's obviously good there. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But just generically as a card, it's not that great because you have to be the one to play it, and then everybody is going to get that additional card mm-hmm. before you get it. Right. Yeah. So you have to, you're down a card and then you make that card back up when it gets back to your turn. And that has to go around another round of the table before you actually get back card ready. advantage. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so honestly, not the greatest card in the world. Yeah. However, I do like it because of what it does to the game. Sure. So I really, really like when a Howling Mine is in play, whether I play it or somebody else plays it, because I feel like it makes sure everybody always has action. Mm. Everyone always has things that they can do uh, because their hands are mostly full. I think the worst part about a Commander game is when somebody's sitting there and is like, well, I guess I'm just top decking. I just don't really have much I can do. I right. think I think Commander games are most fun when everybody gets to do at least something. Not that everybody does right. the best thing that their deck could possibly do, but as long as they're doing something, yeah. that's what I think makes the most engaging and entertaining commander games, at least in my opinion.
3: Yeah, I I agree. I I think when somebody runs out of gas and is stuck, mm-hmm. it effectively turns the game into a three-player game, and yeah. now you're like, all right, we'll just wait for this person to figure it out. And then that player usually ends up coming from behind because
8: nobody's touched their board in six turns (laughs) or something. Exactly. And it doesn't even have to be one person out, really. Sometimes it's, well, there's two people that are clearly ahead of the other people Mm -hmm. at the board and there's nothing that they can really do. So I think Howling Mine, when it's in play, really helps to mitigate that effect. Sure, And I think it's just such a low cost to include in your deck as far as like mana value-wise, because it's only two mana. You can drop it early. You can usually find a slot to play it on one of your turns. Yeah. There's rarely a time when I'm like, oh man, I just have this howling mine that's just stuck rotting in my hand. Right, usually you just dump it. Yeah, usually you can just dump it and then you can make sure that you're drawing a couple extra cards for the rest of the game. Everybody else is going to be drawing a couple extra cards for the rest Mm -hmm. of the game and bar a Vandal Blast or something else that like blows up all artifacts usually people aren't going to be targeting your howling mine again if you're not playing something like Nekusar.
3: right yeah unless they're worried about that and then in that case they're probably just removing Nekusar. (laughs) in that case they're probably just removing
8: Nekusar. because
3: (laughs) we're fine with a howling mine yeah most people
8: most people like drawing extra cards right it can get you some favor with the table Mm -hmm. but that's that's not usually why i run it Mm -hmm. i'm not usually trying to look for political favors with howling mine i'm usually just like yeah you all have your fun. I'm going to have my fun with my commander deck and you all have your fun as well. Let's, let's try to have a good game.
3: <laughs> I love that. Well, thanks for, I appreciate you taking the time. Run more howling mine. <laughs> And now we have Jamie Block, one of our writers here on staff, with a card that you know there are better cards.
6: (laughs) I do know that. Yeah. I know it objectively to be true. Yeah. Uh, But the card I love is Shiny Impetus.
3: I love this one.
6: It's great. So it's two and a red for an enchantment aura, enchant creature. Uh, Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and is goaded. And whenever enchanted creature attacks, you, the controller of Shiny Impetus, create a treasure token.
3: Yeah. I, a little value, a little bit of defense. It goes a long way.
6: Yeah, you know, it's a little expensive mm-hmm. for a thing that is sort of not removal, but you are kind of using it in a removal slot. But I just think it does so many things pretty good. Right, yeah. That it all adds up to a good card in my eyes. <laughs> right. And one that no one's going to be mad at.
3: Exactly, yeah. You don't draw a ton of hate because you played a shiny impetus, but it is isn't like making you a mana every turn, hypothetically. It's making
6: you a mana Yeah. Uh and it's sort of putting the threat on the thing you put it on. Like right, people yeah. care more about like, oh, that creature is the problem. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of like, oh, the fact that you put the aura there and sort of had it start dealing damage out to your opponent. It's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, just getting that treasure, removing something in a way where you've sort of asymmetrically removed it. Mm-hmm. I, love, you know, I love goad. I have a lot of goad decks, but I play this even in decks that have red in them that are not goad themed. I just right. think goading is fun if you have any excuse to be doing it.
3: There's also something to be said for like, is this game going to be more fun if this card isn't here or if this card isn't my problem? And it's kind of fun being like, all right, this card
6: was our problem, but now it's your problem. Yeah, and you're, you know, forcing your opponents to sort of Mm infight. And yes, you lose a card somewhere in there in the exchange, but hopefully you've gotten enough value between the damage and the treasure that it's just like worth it, especially, yes, for that spectacle of watching them deal with each other. (laughs)
3: Pitting him against him. uh, It it does a lot more than just a removal spell where you're like, I'm going to make this game slightly less concerning and being like, I'm going to make this game more concerning for you. Well, thanks for taking the time, Jamie. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: Well, that is our team talking about the cards uh, that are bad, but they they love. Uh, I really enjoyed hearing about everybody's perspectives and, you know, so many interesting ways to sort of get in the head of different players. It really gives you a great look into how other players think about the game, which I think is always important. Yeah. yeah. I really liked Murph's uh, Howling Mine. Yeah. That one it really resonated a lot with me because he not only was playing a card that, you know, he knows is not a great card um, that he finds fun, but it was the reasons he found it fun were because it actually – it encourages a certain type of game. Like, everybody yeah. gets to do things. And, and For sure. Mechanically, not just, like, you know, socially.
3: Yeah, I mean, everybody loves when a Howling Mind comes down and Murph's like, I'm going to be the guy that plays it. Yeah. I'm going to have it in my deck. <laughs> and that's really cool. It's very exciting.
2: Yeah, that's cool. I, I, everybody needs, you know, more Murphs in their playgroup, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I guess this uh, leaves the question sort of hanging there, Rachel. Yeah. Do you have a bad card that you love to play? Or... Listen, I know the answer to that question is yes. So many. Yeah.
3: <laughs> So many bad cards. It was a bad way to phrase it. Do you have one in particular? Because, you know, we, we got to... They... There's there's one bad card that I keep putting into decks. Okay. And it's like, there's a lot for synergy reasons, but there's one that I just like, and it's Pandemonium. Ooh. So Pandemonium is essentially, it's essentially War Storm Surge for everybody, which obviously is extremely dangerous. Uh, but I tend to put it in decks that I know are going to put a bunch of big stuff down, or I'm trying to make creatures enter the battlefield repeatedly, so I'll take advantage of it the most. And, like, will I die to my own pandemonium? Definitely. Have yeah. I? Mm-hmm. Yes. But it makes this crazy game where creatures really matter and, like, damage is flying and you know that the game is just going to be over. And it, that's, like, a fun... It's a fun environment to put everybody in. Yeah. It feels, it feels like an enchant world. I, I like this one
2: because, yeah, it's not a great card. Um, there is still some advantage to you playing it. It's yeah. not like it's a totally, like, dud. Yeah. Um you you know you have a high creature density, mm. so it's likely to favor you. Right. But because of the fact that high creature density is not a very unique thing, like there's oh, yeah. bound to be plenty of decks that For are sure. also high creature density, and you have to spend the mana to cast it. It's not cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so on the turn you cast it, it's you know unlikely you're going to be able to, like, Get infinite creatures into play that same turn. Right. Yeah. You are really going to hand the keys over to somebody <laughs> yeah. and be like, "Okay, let's see what you could do." Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I, w- we were playing secret partners in my playgroup. Oh, it's so. It's so scary. It's so crazy. Secret partners. So I knew my partner was playing a deck with old Multani, which is uh, its power and toughness is equal to the number of cards in all players' hands. Wow. There are five players in this game. <laughs> and I played Pandemonium and was like. Go nuts! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You be like 30 damage or something.
2: <laughs> just dome you. It
3: just creates dumb You quickly. better
2: hope that they knew you were their partner at that point. Yeah. yeah or at least for I inferred sure. it or guessed it. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what what card do you do you hang on to that you're like, you know what, I I don't it's probably not the best.
2: Okay, well, it may shock some people, but yeah. the first card that comes to mind is Vidalcan Ori.
3: Yeah, a bad
11: card.
2: It is a bad card. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think You know, to be fair, I think a few years ago it was good, Mm -hmm. and it's just the format has sped up to the point where, like, it is very difficult to spend four mana, cast a card... And it doesn't do anything. And there are cards that you can do that with, like uh Panharmonicon and things like that. Yeah. But your ability to get enough value from Vidalconori after you play it, like the turn after, is a lot lower than Panharmonicon. Like if you cast one Mold Drifter the turn after you played Panharmonicon, done, great. You've broken even at the very least. Mm-hmm. Vidalconori is a lot more amorphous and a lot harder to tell, but also it takes a lot more turns for that flash to add up to the point right. where like you got the advantage out of it. And in the old days, when there was 12 turns, it's 14 turns in a game, you could get there with Valkanorian and Fellfield fine yeah and um it's not that anymore so but i i love the card because when i do stick it on the table and i untap with it Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like i have the whole world at my fingertips now it's like okay cool now i don't have to do anything during my turn can pass and be reactive and i can just it just gives me additional information like anytime i'm i'm acting at the last possible moment every time with the most possible information and i always feel like very safe you know, it's Definitely. like I've got a nice warm blanket wrapped yeah. around me. Yeah. Because
3: you're like, all right, I'm holding up in mana for a counterspell, but if nothing happens, I get to cast this rampant growth. Yeah. And like that, that kind of stuff is just like, I get to play exactly my game and I'm never punished. Yeah. And it, I'm very scary.
2: It's hard to attack me. Who knows what mm-hmm. I can flash in? Anything. Yeah. They don't, they have, I might not have a counterspell, but how would they ever know? Because I could literally have anything. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of power to that. So I am willing to pay the downside, and the downside has just continued to grow. Grow. Mm-hmm. um i have to admit i i don't play it as much as i once did but there are definitely still a lot of decks where it's in there and i'm like i i can't take it out yeah because it's too cool yeah and i make it may cost me a lot of times it rots in my hand now where like mm-hmm. if that was any other card it would be a card i could use and i just never get to cast it in the game right. yeah um but that there's still times sometimes where the games are slow enough somebody board wipes at the right time and you're like mm-hmm. cool i'm gonna get my ori out and i'm gonna untap with it and then Ah, it's worth it for that warm, fuzzy feeling.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you're drawing enough cards, it doesn't matter if it's stuck in your hand. You'll yeah,
2: I don't mind the card disadvantage. Yeah. What I matter is the tempo. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's tough. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. To the listeners, I bet you can guess what uh, what this question is. What are your favorite bad cards that you love to play? What deck or decks do you put them in? And why do you love to play with them so much?
3: Yeah, I'm excited for this comment section. I want to see all of everybody's jank roll in. You can tell so much about a player, so.
2: You also can kind of uh, be enlightened about things. I think Murph really talking about Howling Mind made me think, ah, I should play Howling Mind maybe a little yeah. bit more. So
3: I like those games,
2: too. Yeah, it would be cool if more games of Commander had Howling Mind, and I can be part of this. I can solve that problem.
4: Yeah, right? exactly. I can play it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Alright, uh, big thanks to Card Kingdom and cardkingdom.com slash command is the place you're going to go if you want to pick up any of the bad cards we just talked about that you want to put into your deck. So if you want to get anything from Phyrexia, all will be one. They have uh, all the sealed product, all the singles. If you're building brand new decks or slotting in new cards, if you're making an order of multiple cards, com slash command really is the place to go because you're going to get them all in one place from one retailer in one package rather than waiting for a bunch of different envelopes. Uh, cardkingdom.com slash command, only place to go.
3: Yeah, and if you are building a bunch of new decks, you can pick up all the accessories you need to deck it out at ultrapro.com slash command. Get the sleeves and the deck boxes you need for your new decks. Get the wall scrolls and play mats to decorate your office. Yeah. Um, I think I, we're gonna see
2: a lot of Elishdorn.
3: We're gonna. I think we're gonna definitely.
2: Yeah, so She's a lot of
3: ev- everywhere.
2: So Elishdorn playbats, sleeves, and deck boxes with the Elishdorn seems cool.
3: Yeah, for sure. And they're uh, they just released a new secret Lair order. Uh, that I purchased which is the rainbow Pony binder one (laughs) on ultrapro.com so make sure you are staying uh, keeping your eyes on the website because they will have new drops that go really fast and sell out really fast they've got foil play mats and double sided play mats and uh, just a ton of really valuable products for any magic player again go to ultrapro.com slash command to get the products you need and support the show
2: All right, now it's time for the end step, where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Rachel, do you have anything cool?
3: I mean, we've talked about this a little bit, but uh, The Last of Us?
2: Oh, yes, we've talked about it because, well, I haven't seen it, so this is good. no spoilers. This is good. Um, So, go ahead. I'm assuming you're you're bringing it up because it's cool.
3: Great. I love it. it. I'm in a weird situation with Last of Us because I've seen my boyfriend play the second Last of Us game. That's it. Never seen him play the first one, so I have no idea what happens in the first video game. So I don't know what. Which happening. I would assume is what the first season yeah. about. So I don't know any short term spoilers, but I know a lot of long term spoilers. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's like, well, I know that person's not surviving because I don't know who they are. <laughs> Wait, maybe they lived and just wandered off. Into maybe the that's expensive. it. Yeah, yeah, that's my hope on yeah. all of the pl- on all of the characters. But it's been it's been a ton of fun to watch. It's really 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 high production and really really beautiful and they made some changes to the game narrative mm-hmm. that i think are for the better they really be- really benefit the show in a surprising and 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 lovely way
2: yeah that's interesting because i haven't watched the show yet my yeah. girlfriend doesn't like uh horror or zombie things mm-hmm. um and this is
3: those yeah <laughs> yeah and so
2: i have to just wait for a moment when she's not mm-hmm. you know in the house or whatever to watch so i'm kind of saving up mm-hmm. um, but I've heard the chatter cuz everyone at the office is talking about it. And one of the things I've heard multiple people say was that they changed, you know, the story a little bit or narrative, they departed from the the game storyline, but mm-hmm. that it was good. Yeah. Like I didn't hear anybody be like, oh oh, they changed from the... Because you hear that about Game yeah. of Thrones and other things where they're like, ah, oh, they changed it from the books and now it's crap. And yeah. I didn't hear that tenor to people's voice when they were saying it. It seemed like pretty much universally everybody here was, yeah, they changed from the book. They departed a little bit, but it's really good.
3: Yeah, they. I think they found moments that they were like, if we can expand on this and it improves the narrative, then we're going to do this. And if we could simplify this and it improves the narrative, then we're going to do this. So they made a lot of changes that really serve the story overall. Um and, and it's really nice. It's very, it's very smart. It's a very smart way to make TV, especially when people know this product so intimately. Making a little bit of changes so you can surprise the people who know the product and don't, you know, know all the twists and turns yeah. of it is very smart. And they've done a great job with it.
2: All right, well, so. I love check Pedro Pascal, and yeah. the, the girl was Little Bear. In yeah, they're Game both of, from Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah, Red. they're both awesome. Yeah, so very yeah. good. It's a good. Excited one. to check it out. Okay, that was Last of Us on HBO, HBO Max, whatever it's called now. All right. Big thanks to our amazing team here at the Command Zone. Damon Lenz, Arthur Meadowcroft, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Jordan Pridgeon Sam Waldo, Grav Galati, Jamie Block, Mitch Trefford, Evan Lindberger, Gabriel Pozos, Megan Yip, Eric Lem, and, of course, our good pal, Jimmy Wong. All right. <laughs> thanks, everybody, for watching. Let us Jimmy know about Wong! those bad cards that you love. Yeah. Yeah, I really want to hear that. All right. We'll see you next time.
12: Peace.